So on the 12th, a manly shower, uh, that sounded awful, uh, a, uh, a wedding bridal shower, a guy, uh, a guy theme, so we'll be barbecuing on the 12th. What's that? A groom shower. A groom shower. It's <laughs> a difficult way to phrase any of that. But yes, yeah, a groom shower, bring uh, tools, toys, we're going to barbecue out here. It wasn't... I'm trying to get a dunking booth for Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a box of pears. I can use them there. All right. Anything else that we should know about? Any other good things? Go for it, Dorothy. Diana Snyder's having surgery on Tuesday. Yes. So prayers for Diana Schneider. Okay. Rosemary's uh, cousin passed away from California. Yes. And also, uh, Rod Van Hoven's sister fell, uh, cracked her head open, and so that's where he is at. I know that's where her family's at. So he's been, he was asking for prayers over that. What do you got, Dixie? Yes. Sure. Eastern European Mission is having a million dollar assembly, and I'm not sure when our, our contribution to that will be possibly the 27th, but keep that in mind. And they're going to have a video or a presentation that you can look at. So on August 27th, the Eastern European uh, September. Yeah, I have a hard time figuring out what month it is. Uh, yeah, in September 27th, they're having that Million Dollar Sunday for the Eastern European Mission. And so be on the lookout for that. There is also a video that'll be online that you can um, you can watch. And uh, if you have any more questions, I think Randy Knox would be the person for that. So uh, just asking for prayers for those who are suffering the hurricane, um, the destruction. Um, and uh, so let's go ahead, let's bow our heads, um, and let's offer this up before God. Father, we come to you before, we come to you right now this morning, first and foremost to thank you, to shower, to show you our gratitude for what you have done for us, that you have given us another week, you've given us another Sunday, an opportunity to worship together here in this place, that we can offer you our hearts, we can offer you our, our, our strength, our minds, our soul, our words, our songs. God, we are so thankful for what you have done for us by providing each other in times of need. God, you have heard all of these prayer requests, all of these plans, all of these announcements, all of the things that are on our hearts that we have uh, yet to, to speak. Father, you have heard all of those things, and we offer them up before you, before your throne, and we recognize right now that you are God and we are not, that you are our king. And so, Father, we look to you for direction. We look to you for guidance, um, that where you point, we can go. The people that you want us to serve, that we can see that opportunity and meet those needs. Father, we have heard there are a lot of people suffering. Um, and, Father, we know that we, that we have a country that is suffering, um, that there are people all over this nation all over this world who are in such desperate need. And Father, we don't really know what to pray for. We just know that you are in control. So God, humble our hearts. 
God, humble our nation, humble our, the people of this nation, that we can look to you uh, for what we need, for the answers to our questions. Father, we pray for the hurting of this congregation. Uh, we pray that, that, Father, we can be the solution to their hurting or in some way lessen their suffering, that we can, uh, through providing meals or through providing letters or through providing phone calls, uh, that we can be an encouraging force in their lives. God, we know that this world needs more of that. Father, lastly, we just thank you for Jesus Christ. Jesus, we thank you for your blood. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your life and through death that we may have life. God, we, are, we owe you everything that we have. And this Sunday, Father, work through our hearts to, to give up the things that we're still holding on to. Father, we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Morning there. If you'd uh, care to go ahead and do so, please stand. We'll uh, start our worship together. On Zion's glorious summit stood a numerous host redeemed by blood. Lord most high, heaven and earth. 
So when that happened, I was able to hang on. And my first instinct was to hit the brake naturally, but I did not. I just started touching it, slowing down, stuff flying everywhere. We got off in the next lane, off the side. And then there was a DOT patch of land there. I said, honey, 
this is a crazy place to be right here on the side of this road. Because things were still happening. Other people were getting flats. People were, it was crazy. So we pulled down and I started tearing off the lug nuts. I must have had a lot of adrenaline in me because I was ripping the stars right off of them with my silly wrench. So we had to call somebody and he helped us. But my prayer partner, Bob Davis, called Tuesday night. And the first thing I told him was, thanks for praying for me, brother. So, thank you guys. I'm going to start out with reading Psalms, and then we'll do the praise prayer. <clears throat> Psalms 111. Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart. In the counsel of the right, upright in the assembly, great are the words of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his work wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the powers of his works, giving them the lands of their nations. <laughs> the works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are steadfast forever and ever. Done in faithfulness and in uprightness, he provided redemption for his people. You ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all who his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. Let us bow. Father God, creator of all things, we praise your name. We put our trust in you and your unfailing love. Help us to love others as you love us. Help us to be humble in your eyes, and as we wear masks as they cover our mouths, let your love shine through our eyes, our lamps of our bodies. Father, bless our leaders of this congregation, our shepherds, our ministers, deacons, brothers and sisters, and sons and daughters. Father, thank you for this beautiful day, and thank you for your love. Most of all, thank you for Jesus, who was sent for us. It's in his name we pray. Amen. We'll use uh, faithful love to prepare our minds for communion. Faithful love flowing down from the Lord, covered crown, makes me whole, makes my soul, washes whiter than snow. Faithful love calms each fear, reaches down, dries each tear, holds my hand when I can stand on my
John chapter 3, starting in verse 1. An interaction between Jesus and Nicodemus. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly, uh, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. See, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. The older I get, and the more I read about Jesus, the more I can see where Nicodemus is coming from. I would love to say that I understand perfectly what Jesus is trying to drive across here, but Jesus is answering questions that are not asked. He is attacking the core of what's wrong with this person, of what's wrong with Nicodemus, because Nicodemus can't seem to get his mind off of earthly things, and that's my problem as well. And I want to assume it's maybe all of our problems. We cannot see beyond the physical to see what's possible, let alone to see what's spiritual. Uh, but something about this is also not surprising. Um, but yet Jesus seems to be shocked. And the reason Jesus is shocked is because Nicodemus should understand that, meaning that the Old Testament should have been enough for Nicodemus to have understood the truth of being born again. And obviously when we look at the Old Testament through the lens of Jesus, we can kind of see that spread everywhere of how God constantly and consistently saves Israel. Saves it through the water, saves it through judgment, saves them through judges and kings and priests and prophets over and over and over again. And the reason I mention this is because as we take communion is because we take communion every Sunday. It's very easy to only see what's physically in front of you. A little cup, cracker that tastes like styrofoam. It's impossible to open. All right, and it's not like what we had before was a gourmet meal. Matzah bread is awful. But we have to see beyond, don't we? We have to see beyond what this represents, what this symbolizes. That this is about us being born again in the Spirit. 
This is about a new life that we have in Jesus Christ. Uh, this is all about what Jesus has done for us. So will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life, who came down to this world, even though he didn't have to, but because you loved us, you gave him to us. And because of his perfect life, because of his perfect obedience, because of his prayers for us, and because his sacrifice for us, that at the cross he called death and there defeated it. That Father, Satan no longer has any, any platform to stand on to accuse us. Not because we have done anything, not because we are perfect, not because we have sinned less, but it's because through Jesus Christ we are sinless. Jesus, you are our King because you have called us as heirs, as adopted children of God. We thank you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Imagine, does everyone have one? <clears throat> How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify of what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, and everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Jesus does perfectly what I believe the best preachers do poorly. And that is, he takes a heavenly concept, a heavenly truth of who he is, of why he came down. He takes a heavenly concept, a heavenly truth, and he brings it down to an earthly form, in a form that we can understand through time, um, through different languages. We can understand what he is saying when he references Moses lifting up the snake and how God how he must be lifted up, it clicks and we understand what Jesus is trying to teach. And again, what is so difficult for us to understand, which is Jesus, it's all about Jesus. That Jesus is the only thing that matters here. That's what this is about. This is about Jesus. It's about his blood. It's about his life. It's about his sacrifice. So that when we look upon Jesus, we are saved. Just as in Moses' time, when they were suffering from snake bites and were dying from poison, that they had to look upon a, upon a bronze serpent. And if they could only look at this serpent, they would be healed. And that's what Jesus represents to us. That we call people to look at Jesus. We drive people, we, we will do whatever it takes just to introduce people to that Jesus. The Jesus that saves, 
the Jesus that heals everything and all things. We pray with you. Jesus, thank you for saving us. Thank you for saving me. Father, when we were ungodly, Jesus, when we deserved it the least, you have saved us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for entering into our hearts, for being a seal on our souls. Thank you for choosing us and calling us out of this broken and awful and horrible world to be something better, to be proof, to be testimony, to be a, a screaming voice against all the awfulness of this place that we can call out as people who have been born in the Spirit again of what you have done for us. We thank you for all that you have done for us. We pray this in your Son's most holy name. Amen. Seems like in this time, there's no shortage of people who are in need, uh, of people who can use both financial support, uh, but more importantly, emotional, spiritual support, encouraging words, phone calls. I appreciate Mike reminding us every Sunday uh, when he closes that we should be calling each other. Um, and that is a form of giving. It's a form of giving of our time. Um, there is, there's a, another form of giving that we don't really like. That's a giving of our comfort. That's very difficult for us to give. Um, but all of these are aspects, especially in the Jewish system, of what they had to give. Um, I, I love that we always look at tithe as the minimum of, of amount to give. Um, when you look at the Old Testament, the tithe was, they were already giving so much of everything that they had. A tithe was almost like a cap for them uh, because they had to give up animals. Every time they sinned, they had to offer sacrifices. They were called to give up portions of their fields, of their crops, the poor and the homeless. That was not included in the tithe. Um, they, they were giving constantly all the time, or at least when Israel was doing it correctly, I should add. And so for us, this tithe, it is, when Jesus comes and he frees us and he, and he accomplishes the Old Testament, the law, he frees us and says, now guess what, guys? You can give more than 10%. You can actually give everything. In fact, you, gotta, you have to give up everything. Now, there's many parables, many messages where Jesus says, you need to sell everything, give up everything, go everywhere for my sake. And so uh, I know that there are ministries here in our church. Um, there was talk about creating uh, packages, um, uh, putting foods and clothes and, and giving them out to the poor, the people who are in need in our parks that we kind of see everywhere. Um, there are many opportunities um, that, for us to give. And I just hope that we open our hearts and open our eyes to the opportunities God is giving us. And so if you would like to give, we have a basket, uh, or there should be a basket out front on the table um, right beside that television. So will you, will you pray with me? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, again, we thank you. Uh, it, the question must be asked as to what you want from us. And, and Father, we know it. We immediately know it. Um, and you don't want just our money. You don't want just our cars, our homes. Uh, you want our families. You want our hearts. Uh, you want our strength, our minds to be set upon you. Uh, you want our paths to be directed by you. Uh, Father, you want everything that we have to give, and especially the things that we have a difficult time giving. So, Father, 
Our prayer this morning, as we look forward to giving to you, to your cause, please break our hearts of pride, break our hearts of ignorance, break our hearts of arrogance, and open us to what, uh, to what you need us to do right now. We can be serving our community right now. God, again, we thank you. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. We'll sing uh, thy word before, uh, before the scripture and the sermon today. <clears throat> thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I feel Nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent, and sent him on his way. Then he asked them, If one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull, him out, pull it out? And they had nothing to say. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding <clears throat> feast, do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, then, then humiliated you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all, all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon, lunch or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed, although they cannot repay. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. 
Good morning. Well, it's, it's been a while since I've been with you. Actually, well, just two weeks that I wasn't with you, and it's good to be back. Uh, we do some of the same things down south that we do up here, only slower with a draw. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed or not, but I think uh, some of that southern ease uh, kind of rubbed off on Hunter. And it was just interesting listening to him read, you know, just listening to his, how it changed. He was gone a month, and it just slowly crept upon him. Some of, the, some of the words and phrases and, and, and just a little slower draw. So uh, thank you, Hunter, for running the sound back there and, and, and the, uh, the PowerPoint. First time that he has done that, so I, I, I applaud you for that. And uh, there it is. So thank you for doing that. I, uh, I, I, right before I got up here, I have a mask, and it's, it's an owl mask, and I forgot who made the mask. It was made for one of my kids, and, and my wife keeps telling me, are you going to wear that again? Because she wants a light blue one like, like everybody else's. And I like this one because it says, I need more wisdom because owls are wise. I also thought about coming up here one day and, and taking my mask off and not having a goatee. And she said, no. I said, yeah, but that's change. We need to realize that things need to change. And she was like, not that much. <laughs> not that much. So... I've shaved a couple of times in, in, since we have uh, uh, been married and dating and whatnot, and I look like a baby face uh, kid, so I think it's time to shave so I look younger. <laughs> so anyway, glad to be back, excited to be back. We're going to look at a couple of things here today as far as uh, running a 5K. How many of you guys have ever ran? Not from somebody, all right, <laughs> or something. That causes me to run too, or towards something, all right. But I mean, actually, God, I mean, you had the intention to go running. Yeah, I have, and, and, and I, you know, it's, they come and go, those, and they come with fever sometimes, but those fits of rages are wanting to go out and run. But nevertheless, you probably know the program from Couch to 5K. Have you ever heard of that? Have you ever done that? Yes, no, maybe. It's a great program because it's a program of accountability. And it's a program of, uh, of boy, you, Bruce, you got to get off the couch and get busy. Because if I don't get off the couch, guess what? I'm not going to go run 5K unless somebody's chasing me. And hopefully that doesn't happen. But yet, here's a program. You can get it on your phone. You can get it on paper. And, and, and basically, the premise, the premise of the, the thing is, is this right here. It's kind of their mission statement. Beginning running a 5K for a beginner can be extremely tough, especially without a plan. The Couch to 5K training plan can help any new runner start up in their running experience. If you follow it with a positive mindset, you will no doubt succeed. All you need in order to begin this plan is some running shoes, around 10 to 30 minutes a few days each week, and 10 weeks worth of motivation. Once you've started up, then you'll be able to get off the couch and in shape in no time. Oh, I love that concept and I love that thought, all right? So I did the same thing and I'm wearing them now. I got, I don't know if you see those or not, but I got a pair of running shoes on and they feel good up here instead of my dress shoes. But, uh, you know, I, maybe God will let me in heaven without that. But, man, and here, here's what I did. 
I got a pair of running shorts, all right? And they're special running shorts, specially lined. I don't know if that's for me or people around me. Um, and I got a pair of headphones, all right? Now, they're not the cool wireless kind, but I stick them on, you know, and I, I, I put them on and I listen to my music and no, I don't listen to country because I run slower listening to country. <laughs> that's just the way I go. You run to the beat, right? Anyway, if you listen to your dog running away, but I don't listen to country by the way. And I also have a shirt. It's in a Captain Captain America shirt. Have you guys seen the movie Captain America? I love that show. All right. So I also have somebody with me running. It's Amanda. All right, and she helps me get off the couch. Okay, and, and she helps me go run a five k. And every time I see Amanda, I say, "On your left." And then I, we go down to the track, which is a half a mile away from our house, and we run a few laps, you know, and then I see Amanda again, and I say, on your left. So you know that you know the reference to that from, from uh, Captain America, right? Well, it just so happens that Amanda's passing me. I just happen to be on our left side. But uh, nevertheless, uh, there's lots of things, lots of parallel things that we can talk about as far as a couch to 5K is concerned. I have the do's and the don'ts. Matter of fact, you can you can print off you can print off some things that that the program and, and have it on your phone and you can look at it, what you're supposed to be doing today and tomorrow we get to relax and tomorrow we're going to run five minutes and then walk twenty five minutes or whatever the case may be and then we get increase it increase it increase it increase it and it finally gets me out of the comfort zone of sitting on my couch and actually running and exercising. I'm not concerned about the time that I run. I'm just I'm just worried and, and thoughtful of that I'm moving, that I'm getting up and I'm doing something. So this lesson is just simply a couch from, five, uh, from the couch to 5K, all right? So you have read this scripture lots of times, haven't you? I mean, this is pretty much our theme, theme, theme passage, right? It's a lot of churches' theme passage. It's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And he starts off, he, and, he, and he goes up to the, he comes up to the disciples, and he says what? You can read it for me if you want to. What's this first one? The verse, out of the middle of 18. All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age, or even to the ends of the world. Interesting. So, a couple of things real quick. Hopefully I've motivated you to go run a 5K. Raise your hand if you have doubts that you're going to start a 5K plan tomorrow. Yeah, there's lots of doubts that you're going to go run a 5K. There's lots of doubts in this statement as well. Did you read verse 16? Or did you skip to 18 with me? 16 says they were doubting, right? But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain, which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were what? Doubtful, all right? Some were doubtful. Now, that doesn't necessarily go along with, the, with what Jesus said later on. They were just doubtful of what's going to take place, doubtful of what he's going to tell them, doubtful that whatever's going to take place is, is real and will continue 
And they were doubtful later on as well. They were, they were, they were wondering really what's going to take place when they were in that upper room in Jerusalem, when Jesus walked through the door. Not doorway, walked through the door. Anyway, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but, and they were had doubts. They had doubts in their minds. They did. Have you ever doubted fulfilling you yourself fulfilling that statement? The statement going to all the world and preach the gospel. I know it's Mark 16. But therefore, going to all the world, what Jesus says here, and preach the gospel to every nation, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that I have commanded you, and lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. Have you, have you ever doubted that? Have you ever thought about your capabilities of doing that? And, and, and how huge of a task and how small we are and we doubt. And so maybe we never really get off the, we never really get off the couch and start moving in the direction that God wants us to move in. He just simply wants you to be a disciple of his, all right? And, and now, I, I've already put it up here, but you know the definition of a disciple, don't you? It's basically, in, a, in, a, in one word, is a learner, all right? A lifelong learner of Jesus. But it's more than just memorizing factual things. It's more than just whether we determine to have instruments or not, or whether we should have the Lord's Supper on Sunday morning or not, or who or we should pray, or we, it's more than just a factual things, Okay. A disciple of someone actually has a relationship with that person, all right? And Vine's Expository Dictionary, this is what he calls it, one who follows another's teaching. So basically, what you have, there we go, what you have is just somebody that who is adherent to a teaching, who is doing the same thing that the teaching says or the person is doing as well. They are simply imitators of their teachers. In Jesus' time, when Jesus calls his disciples, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, they had that thought, they had that concept, and they called him rabbi, and, and they're going to leave everything, and they're going to go follow Jesus. Not just on Sunday mornings, not just when it's convenient, but all of the time. They're going to follow Jesus. 24-7. Imitating him, being him, wherever they go. And guess what? We are called to the same task as well. How many times in the New Testament are we called Christians? Anybody? Three. Three? Two? Three? Two? We're having an auction. Anybody want money? Anybody have a duty to drink? I'm sorry. <laughs> Ooh, that was fast for my southern tongue. Um, so, anyway, I guess three. Three times. Mm. How many times disciples? You're just going to have to Google that. <laughs> it's lots of times. Matter of fact, I want to say that it's at least, I want to possibly say 69 times. And maybe higher than that. That we are called disciples. And it's just a it's just a mindset. It's just a way of to start thinking again, a fresh start of who are you? Christian? Yes. That has certain that first call Christianity. 
That has some certain ramifications to it where Christ lied. The disciples were lifelong followers. But what does that mean? What does that entail? What does that look like? I know it, I know it means learner, all right? But what does Jesus say that it looks like? Jesus said in several different places what a true disciple looks like, what a true disciple does, what a true disciple becomes, okay? And one of them is John 8, 31. And that's, of course, that's right before 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Set you free. But in 31, he says, look, whoever is my disciple... What happens to his words? Jesus' words. They will abide. I love that word, abide. You have an abiding. That just sounds cool. You have an abiding in Christ, and Christ is abiding in you. You have a dwelling place. Like the true disciple, it's not just head knowledge. There's an abiding there. There's a relationship there. There's a dwelling there between you and the word. And it's stronger than just rote memorization. Okay? The second one is, is Matthew chapter 7, and they're not necessarily in chronological order. I just put them this way. The second one is a, he wants us to be a doer of the word and not just hearers only. All right? Remember Matthew chapter 7, especially in verse 24, where Jesus says, uh, I look back at Hunter, I forgot what he said. Um, Not everybody will enter not everybody will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whoever, whoever says Lord, Lord, right? Remember that? Yeah. It's those who do the Lord's will, not just calling him Lord, Greek words curious. It's actually letting him be the Lord of your life. Alright? Doing what he says. So the, the other one is just similar to John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Um and it talks about love. And that's a characteristic, not just a characteristic, it's a being of who disciples of Christ are. You have love for each other and love for others. That's the, that's the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. By this, you loving each other and loving others, all men will know that you are my disciples. They will know that you are not just a head knowledge guy. They will know that you practice what I practice and that you practice and do what I teach. You live my words in you. And I love John chapter 15 because when you are in Jesus and there is an abiding there, the word is in you and the word, it, it, it's you're living the word, all right? John chapter 15 gives a beautiful description of a, of a of you are the vine and I am I am the vine, you are the branches. There we go. And, and whoever bear, whoever lives in me, whoever's connected to me will bear much fruit. But you gotta be connected to Jesus. You gotta have that relationship there that you're bearing fruit. But what does a fruit look like? What kind of fruit is he talking about? Well, it's fruit that looks like Jesus. Whether it is the fruit of the Spirit coming from Galatians chapter 5, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the gentleness that is spoken of there, 
Or is it talking about bearing fruit that is Matthew 28, 18, type stuff? Where you're going into all the world. Why? Because Jesus came into the world. And you're teaching about the Father. Why? Because Jesus is talking about the Father. And it's true, and it's meaningful, and it's beneficial for your life. Both now and after this world. Bearing fruit has to do with making disciples. Bearing fruit has to do with you being like Jesus and helping other people be like Jesus. All right? So, um, the next thought is just simply this. Sometimes in my mind, I look really good doing that. I really do. Sometimes I look good, not just running, all right? But yeah, I get this little get up on. Well, it's more than little. Don't think the preachers run around skimpy. But <laughs> when I get this thing on, and the shorts, they match my blue shorts, and I got the headphones on, and I'm running with my iPhone, you know? Before I start running, I look pretty cool. <laughs> But the truth is, I, I, I run like the dog. I run like the dog and my tongue dragging and it is not so pretty. But you know what? I don't know what you think about as far as your discipleship and discipling other people and, and, and teaching other people about Jesus. But man, I got to tell you, I probably look better in my mind than what I actually do. Confession time. Confession time. I've got these plans. I've got these plans that they'll give me off the couch. I've got these plans that will defeat my fears. I've got these plans that will help me look like that guy running instead of the dog. What are your plans? As far as making, going, fulfilling the Great Commission. As far as living Jesus, being Jesus, loving your brothers and your sisters, demonstrating that, and showing each other, and showing the world, showing the neighborhood. And sometimes we can come up with some really cool programs and some really good ideas. Sometimes that's all they ever are. Yeah, well, we got this program at church, and, and we look good. We look like that dude running right there. He's got sunglasses on. And it looks like we're fulfilling the Great Commission. But I got to be honest with you. A lot of times we're like the dog. We look like the dog because we are not reaching people. We're not talking to people people about Jesus. The greatest and most significant ever is Jesus. And probably, I'm just saying probably, all right? We probably don't speak of him as often as we should. There's a disconnect between my thoughts and actions, especially if I don't get off the couch and train. 
Maybe it's because there's a cost to discipleship that we don't actually get out the door. We have some great plans, and we have the we have the we got the plan book memorized, don't we? I mean, we pretty much do. We need help getting out the door. We need help getting off the couch. We need help opening our mouth and talking and speaking and loving and giving and showing and demonstrating Jesus everywhere we are. And I'll be the first one to tell you, if it wasn't for my wife, I would not run. No, I wouldn't. I'd find something else to do. Donuts are great. <laughs> you know? But I've got somebody that will hold me accountable. I've got somebody who will encourage me. Not to just kick me when I can't get off the couch, because there are some days where I hurt. But somebody who helps me get off the couch. Somebody who, who believes in me and trusts in me and just helps me get off the couch. You know what else? She's also that person in my spiritual life as well. Keeps me going. Keeps me moving. Keeps me off the spiritual couch. Where it's all too comfortable. And to be honest with you, there's probably a spot on my couch that looks just like my backside. <laughs> because I sit there often. Probably a seat that looks just like my backside on the spiritual couch. Oh, it's time's up. <laughs> so, who's your person to help you get off the couch? Who is who is your person to help you talk to your brothers and sisters? Who's your person to 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 speak? Not I'm not saying speak bluntly. But I'm just saying, man, we need to talk. We need to have a one-on-one. -on -one. We just simply, you love me and I love you. Whether it's over coffee, Whether it's walking to the park, whether it's whatever it is, it's that kind of loving your brothers. Not just giving stuff, but it's that kind of loving your brothers and sisters that the world is going to know that you are his disciple. You not know that? Because Jesus did the same thing. Didn't shame him in public, but he gently took Peter aside a couple of times and said, look, this is not the Father's will. I will be crucified. I will be sacrificed. Lord's will is done. But he also comes back by Peter alone and reinstates him by the fire after Jesus' resurrection. Remember that? One-on-one -on -one time. One-on-one -on -one time with each other. So, just out of your 
just out of your thoughts, just out of your own, own uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, or out of your own soliloquy or whatever you want to call it, when you talk to yourself, you think you could use some, somebody to help disciple you? I love the testimony that Darren gave. That's awesome. You and Bob, he already has a prayer partner. He knows that he's praying for, for, uh, for each, I mean, with a praying for each other. And they're talking often with each other. I think that's awesome. That's cool. And you probably already have somebody like that. If you need somebody like that, come see me. We'll match you up. We'll connect you. Sidebar. I love Darren's testimony about how God helped him in that situation where he almost had a wreck and, and, and that God worked in him. We were, we were down south in Arkansas and maybe that was part of the problem. But anyway, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. But we were in Arkansas and Alabama and for about two and a half weeks, actually three weeks, okay, the car kept messing up. And we'd push on the gas and whether it was a, I'm not even technical stuff, but it was probably a torque converter or whatever it is in the transmission. But it's interesting, the night before we come home, drop Michaela off, hi Michaela, and we uh, we get ready to come home and I'm sweating bullets thinking, man, what in the world are we going to do uh, with this car? What if I get stranded somewhere in Ulagula land, you know, and nobody's on the road? And so I, I, I email or FaceTime, Facebook, whatever message. Uh, the elders just said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna head home tomorrow morning. Uh, appreciate some prayers." <laughs> I think Jerry and, and, and the rest of them uh, emailed back and said, "Yeah, we'll pray for you." Okay, now guess what? On the way back home, not a miss, not a stutter, all the way home. I think it was just ready to get back to Washington. <laughs> no, it's power of prayer. It's power of prayer because of the power of God. Okay, so. Nevertheless, it is hard sometimes to disciple each other. It is hard to take the task of, 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 of fulfilling God's wish or God's will in our lives. Maybe because we trust in ourselves. Maybe because we have, we have a preconceived idea of what that might look like. You guys ever imagined about discipling somebody or talking to somebody? You ever had your own little conversation about that in your, in your head? Joe and I have, have come up with a, a skit, all right? Just a thought. Just a thought of, of what you do not do, okay? So, here we go. I'm old. I'll call. I like to let it ring. <laughs> Hello? Hey, Joe. How's it going? Yeah. All right. Doing good? Good, 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 good. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing well. So, um, you know. We were talking about discipling each other in, in worship assembly, and we just I just want to do that for you today, all right? I just want to call and just check on you and see how things are going. So how is your walk with Christ? Uh, it's okay. It's okay? 
Yeah? yeah. Well, you know, yeah. um, so let me ask some questions just similar to what Jesus might ask. Um, sure. Have you ever committed murder? <laughs> no. That took a little long to answer, Joe. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, committed adultery? Definitely not. Uh, have you ever stole anything? Like today? Uh, what, uh, have you ever, uh, uh, well, have you ever borne false witness? No. Uh, do you still honor your father and mother and, and, and do, you, do you love your neighbor as yourself? Of course. Sure. Yes. Awesome. Sure. Awesome, dude. Awesome. So, all right. Well, since you have done all of these, I'm going to write up here a certificate that you just hand, if you ever move or if you ever, well, if you ever pass away, you need to give this to get into heaven. Can you email me that? <laughs> Joe, come see me. We'll do this later. All right. Obviously, not the way to, you're not doing a checklist of deciding somebody, okay? Here's something else you don't do. Ling, ling, ling. Hello? Surprise, it's not a text? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, good, good, good. So this is Joe. Glad to, glad to see you or hear from you. So, what have you been doing lately? Yeah, waking up, going to work, going home and sleeping again. Wow, that's intense, man. That is so intense. You know, how, how was your fishing trip last week? Oh, yeah, it was great. I, I, I liked it. It was nice. I mean, it was quiet. Uh, we were just, no one bugged me. I took a nap. It was great. Wow, that is different. That is different. You know, I went fishing the other day, and I used I, I used uh, the, the lure to catch some salmon. It was called the hoochie. Um, hoochie? And it, yeah, it was flashy, and it was, it was long, and it trolled in about 75 feet down at Lake Chelan, and, and, you know, we were just... Did you catch anything? Yeah, we caught a lot. Yeah, we really did, yeah. And then, you know, went home and then I caught a couple of rounds of golf on TV, you know. Uh, it was kind of different. I would like to be watching NFL, but, you know. Yeah, we yeah, do. Not going to happen. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, so, well, well, good talk to you. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for the call. You bet you. See you. All right, see you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so. You can also have conversations and never really get to talk about Jesus. Is that disciple? You got to talk about Jesus sometime. And is Jesus curious or, or looking looking like or not looking like? Does Jesus want to know about your fishing trip? Yeah, I think so. I think so. But ultimately, he wants you to know him. He wants you to know him. Does he care what you use for fishing bait? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But he wants you to know him. So, and he wants you to tell and to show and to teach and to do everything that's a, I mean, that's what you are about, folks. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy life because life is something to be enjoyed. But if it somehow doesn't come about with your relationship with Jesus, then it's just stuff. It's just another story. So, Joe and I, I mean, we want to drag some teenagers and other folks in there as well. We're going to give maybe two or three minute, four minute little video shots of what to do, what not to do throughout the week 
YouTube with you guys, encouraging you, encouraging myself. Bruce, get off the couch. Whether it's a two minute run, or we're already at 5K and we're doing 30 minutes. We're gonna encourage you, obviously not the physical couch, but the spiritual couch, and myself as well. You challenge me as well. Bruce, hey, come with me. I got a friend that's hurting. Let's go talk to that person. That person just lost her cousin. Or that person just had a baby. Or whatever the case may be. Let's go talk to people about Jesus. Let's go disciple each other. Let's be one-on-one -on -one and real with each other and the world as well. It's a good place. Good place. Whatever your needs are this morning. Go hang on just a second. <laughs> I forgot about that. We talked about um, Matthew. Matthew chapter 19. Okay. And that was actually the rich young ruler who had did all those things. And Jesus was asking about the rich young ruler. You know, have you killed anybody? Have you have you committed adultery? Have you stolen? Have you bear born false witness? You know. You still honor your father and mother, and the rich young ruler says what? I've kept all those since I was young. Don't you think he's feeling pretty good about himself now? I have to checklist this baby off. I'm doing good. Jesus tells him, Truly I say to you, it is hard for a rich boy to tell his disciples. He tells a young man, um, if you wish to be complete, go and sell all your possession and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. Come and be my disciple. Come and, yes, those things that I'm teaching are important, and they need to be applied to your heart and to your mind and to everything that you do, but it's not a checklist. It's a relationship. And he tells the guy, Come and follow me. So, simple question. Are you following Jesus more than a checklist? Do you have a relationship with him? Deeper every day. Do you need, do you need help in that relationship? That's basically the sign. Whatever your needs are this morning. Maybe you want to put Christ on a baptism because you believe in him. Because he did die for you. Or maybe, you, maybe you're struggling with your walk and you just need some help. Uh, prayers or, or maybe somebody to help you with your walk with Christ throughout the week, not just today. Whatever your needs are, won't you come as we stand and sing? I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice, and it's no to thee. But I long to rise in the arms of faith, and be closer drawn to Yeah.
Shall I rest in peace with thee? Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. disaster or something really wonderful happened with us. I think it's important as Christians that we're comfortable sharing that with each other. Like Darren did. That was so powerful. It was so powerful. He shared it here with us. I wonder what the effect would be if he shared it with anyone he had a conversation with. I bet you it's the same. And it would open the door again for a conversation had with that person about Christ. As we close today, I want to remind you to continue to pray for Diana Snyder and her upcoming surgery. We want to pray for Rosemary Tiffany and uh, her grief as her cousin's passing. And for all of the victims and families impacted by the hurricane. We have a special group of special family here at King's Orchard. Let's revel in each other's love. Let's thank our Father for all the blessings he gives us. And let's be diligent about contacting each other and helping each other in all of their needs. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice on our behalf making our life in eternity possible with you and with the Father. Father, as we go away from this building, we pray that you would help us to be bold in sharing our love for you and our love for Christ. And why? Thank you, Father, for this day, for the beauty of your creation. In your Son's name we pray. I want to hear your story because I know you bought me. <laughs>